your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Michelle Smallman here on Carragher and Smallman 101 ESPN. Let's head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and welcome in Nick Shook to the show. He's an NFL.com writer. Follow him on Twitter at the Nick Shook. Nick, good morning. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. Well, let's jump into the story that's been taking the NFL by storm. And of course, I mean, John Gruden and the emails that had been leaked as part of the New York Times investigation into the Washington football team investigation. And a two part question here for you, Nick. Question number one, are you surprised that things escalated so quickly with this John Gruden situation? And part two of that is with the NFLPA asking to have the remainder of those 650,000 emails reviewed. Do you think that we're at the end of the road with the story or is there more to come? Um, I'm not surprised by how quickly things turned. Once that New York Times story came out on Monday night, it, it was something that the Raiders were not going to be able to, you know, I, or at least John Gruden was not going to be able to just explain away like he did. He tried to with the initial email that was revealed uh, late last week. So um, I, the only thing that probably surprised me was that it was done within a matter of a couple of hours, but it was something that pretty much I was prepared at any point for him to, uh, to, to be fired or to resign or however he, you know, they ended up going about it. I do not think it's the end to answer your second part of your question, just because, um, the, the length of these emails in terms of time from 2011 to 2018, uh, I don't think that's a coincidence. And I, and I think that, um, if, if they do continue to dig through, I'm not, I'm not obviously, you know, going to accuse or allege anybody, but I think we would be foolish to think that this is an isolated incident um, in, in a situation like this, where people are sending emails back and forth, and, and a lot of them are being dug into. Considering the fact that this is with a figure who, um, you know, was identified by an investigation, essentially, as somebody who is. Kind of, you know, uh, and there's a reason that he's no longer with Washington, is what I'm saying when I'm talking about Bruce Allen. So um, I, I don't think that it's the last of it, and, and we'll see what happens. Um, but I would not be surprised if we saw something else, you know, come from this just because that large amount of emails and, and the reasons the entire investigation was clear um, when it came to Washington, which is what brought this Gruden thing to light. So I think that, um, you know, they'll continue to go through it and see what happens. Do you think? Whether it be this issue or the Rams, uh, the St. Louis lawsuit against the National Football League, um, some of the social justice issues that have really surrounded the off-field side of the National Football League now for a number of years. Do you think that we're deep into it or this is the tip of the iceberg of some things that is really going to cause a bit of a... I don't know. I don't know if comeuppance is the right word, but but some some major changes on how the NFL is run. 
Well, I think um, the NFL's decision to position itself as somebody who is actually going to fight uh, publicly for for social justice and and, and and you know changes that need to happen. Um, once they did that, any anything to the contrary, whether internal or or external, um, is, is going to prompt some sort of action. So if if there are you know things like this that are uncovered. Um, you know, via subpoena or, or investigation, whatever it may be. Um, once the NFL put itself in a position where it's putting end racism at, in the end of every end zone and it's and it's championing, you know, social justice causes, there's only one way they can respond to anything else going forward. And so I think, and honestly, I, I do think that that's, you know, good for, you know, it's for the better, not, not specifically mentioning anybody specifically in what they're, you know, um, dealing with in terms of investigation, but I think it's for the better overall that you do your best. If you're going to publicly position yourself as a league to, uh, fight against, you know, racism and, and, and racism and, and, and you go for social justice changes that need to be done. Um, I do think it's a good thing that, that they're in that position now, um, and, and kind of have to potentially answer because ultimately that's the end goal is to create a better society for everyone. So if it has to be painful and everything else, so be it. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, as different investigations continue. NFL.com writer Nick Shook joining us here on 101 ESPN. Follow him on Twitter at the Nick Shook. And Nick, an interesting game this past weekend between the Bills and the Chiefs. The Bills take that one 38 to 20. What do you think this game told us more about? That the Bills are a really good team or that the Chiefs are a team with a lot of problems? Um, well, that's, I mean, it's tough because I was sitting there very surprised just because I needed the Bills to prove to me that they could beat the Chiefs. You know, there's a mental hurdle that you have to clear when you're a team that um, sees the king of the conference and, and the Chiefs and the team that you lost to in the conference championship last year. Now it is only week five, so we, we do have to consider that, that there's still a lot of season ahead. But I needed them to prove to me that they could clear that mental hurdle, and they, they cleared it by about 100 feet. Um, you know, they dominated that game. And and I think the weather had a little bit to do with it, but this is this is the Chiefs' issue. So so to in a roundabout way to answer that, um, I, I think it's about as much about the Bills as it is about the Chiefs because the Chiefs have struggled against multiple teams. It wasn't just a good team like the Bills. They they struggled. You know they lost the, to the Chiefs. They had a tough game that they ended up coming back and winning against the Browns. They have not really hit their stride at all. This is a team that we were marveling over for being undefeated in September, and Patrick Mahomes hadn't thrown an interception in September. Well, that feels like, I know we're in October now, but that feels like ages ago based on the first month and a half that they've had in this season. Um, they got some things to figure out, and I think it starts with a leaky defense. They just they can't really get much of a stop, especially when they need one. Um, the Bills scored at, with ease in that game. Uh, it was almost startling. Even after seeing them put up 40 points against Houston, I thought at times Houston mounted more of a resistance than the than the Chiefs did. And 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 I think that if you want to be the AFC champion and and you want to try to get back to the Super Bowl and not get 31 points scored on you uh, or, or 31 or more in the Super Bowl while also putting up nine. Uh, you know, you better figure out your defensive side. I, the, the Chiefs, we know they have the offense to play, right? But when the offense isn't working, then suddenly they don't look like that good of a football team because their defense has never really been that good, and that's where they are right now. Nick, you're right. When your defense is allowing 7.1 yards per play, you're in a pretty tough spot. But when you're diagnosing the ailments on the Chiefs' offense, do you think those things can be self-corrected? Do you think they can make the adjustments throughout the season, or do you think that this could be a long season for Chiefs fans? No, 
I think they could figure it out. Uh, they have the talent necessary. I know they rebuilt their offensive line. They, they lost Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for a little bit of time, but I think they can figure it out. They've been there before in terms of figuring out ways to succeed. I just think that right now, uh, Patrick Mahomes kind of looks like he's trying a little too hard uh, to to you know score ten or fourteen points with one throw, and um, and they've gotten themselves in some tough spots. Uh, I, I think I've just seen too much from this personnel over two three years to really doubt that they won't be able to figure it out. All right, so I'm a teenager when the football Cardinals leave and head to Arizona, Nick, and uh, my, one of my all-time, my two all-time favorite football Cardinals were uh, Roy Green and Otis Anderson. So the Cardinals trade Otis Anderson to the New York Giants, and Bill Parcells turns him into a thousand-yard rusher, a Super Bowl MVP. I was telling Michelle this story earlier uh, today during one of the breaks. So ever since then, I became I became a Giants fan. Why can't this team turn things around? They've had high picks. They, they, they've, they've brought some talent in. Why are they still struggling to find their footing in what is not a great NFC East division? Oh, you know, <laughs> so later, I love that backstory of, of why you became a Giants fan. That's good stuff. Uh, I, I think that they've been in some, a little bit of a tough situation in terms of, um, of matchup and trying to get things rolling. I mean, this is still – you know, Joe Judge is, has not been there for very long, and and I know that they're you know they play a couple teams that might end up picking pretty high. Um, I think Atlanta is going to be one of them. We'll see what happens with Denver and, and even Washington. But you still have to be encouraged by that Saints game that went over the Saints because that was the first time I saw the Giants kind of put it together. You know, they had those injuries in mini camp and, and in training camp. Uh, that that kept a lot of their new offensive pieces from establishing a rapport, and they've started to build that a little bit. And this past week, you know, what do you expect? That Cowboys team's very good. You know, I know we hype up the Cowboys a lot as a football media uh, in general, but that Cowboys team is very good. So I, I don't know. It's it's a difficult thing to answer because I still think about the the pick of Saquon at number two. You know, back in in 2018 because. Yeah, he's a good running back and everything, but he's been hurt. He's hurt again now. Um, teams are making different decisions elsewhere. Um, and I also think this is an ownership that's struggled with transition over, you know, I think the Ben McAdoo thing still has an impact on them uh, in that whole stint. And, and, you know, some bad decisions have piled up. I mean, I, I live in, I'm based in Cleveland, and this is the home of the team that has, you know, made <laughs> – bad decisions piling up over and over, you know, uh, multiple regimes. They've made that their trademark until recently. So I think it can change that quickly. And it's surprisingly, I think Daniel Jones was, you know, despite the fact that, you know, they're now one and four, I think Daniel Jones was putting together a pretty good season statistically, at least. I know the, the film wasn't quite as strong, but I, I, I don't think they're really that far from turning the corner. It's just tough in New York where the spotlight is always on you. The microscope is always right on you, and, and the pressure is always high. Just out of curiosity, Nick, what's the local viewpoint of Baker Mayfield right now? Oh, man, that's like um, I'm surprised we haven't seen battles break out in the streets. Over this. <laughs> um, uh, you get you have a couple of factions. It's not two. It's more like three or four. Um, it, it's it's people who will stand behind him to the end, no matter what, because they have undying hope that he will be the franchise savior. It's then you have people who think that he's terrible. They, like they I saw somebody immediately tweet on uh, Sunday after the Browns lost that shootout to the Chargers that Baker was terrible the entire game. And I was like, well, statistically, he was pretty good. Actually, he was a lot better than he was the week prior and really the two weeks prior. Uh, so there's there's a group that wants 
him to fail no matter what. There's a group that will back him until the end, even if he tells proves them that he shouldn't. And then there's like a group in between that's like ambivalent, but also just wants the Browns to be good and is still skeptical. And they're all just kind of battling. And, and it gets really intense online, but I haven't seen it happen really much in person yet. He is Nick Shook, NFL.com writer. Follow him on Twitter at the Nick Shook. Be sure to read all of his great work at NFL.com, including a piece he had last week, which I really loved. Top 10 first-time MVP candidates. That's definitely one you're going to want to check out. Nick, thanks so much for taking the time to join us, and hopefully we'll talk to you down the road. Thank you, and thanks for the plug. I appreciate that. Yeah, go check that out. I love <laughs> that piece. Well, anything with Kyler Murray I'm reading right now, I just think he's so dynamic, <laughs> and I, I just can't get enough of the Kyler Murray coverage. So I definitely clicked no. on that one. It was very good, Nick. We got an interesting one on Sunday when they play the Browns. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. All right, thanks, Nick. We'll talk to you down the road. All right, thanks. That's Nick Shook from NFL.com. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. The people who looked through 200 resumes to fill a job also waited 40 minutes for their internet to dial up. You don't wait 40 minutes for your internet to dial up. You use Upwork to quickly hire talent. This is how we work now. 